Hi, my name is Ivana Maldonado. This is episode 20 of The Critical Hornets. I am going to discuss how children are being affected psychologically when they are separated from their families in migrant detention centers. This is happening in the U.S. slash Mexican border. There needs to be more help for the children that are in these facilities. Psychology is the study of mind and behavior. In recent years, we had a problem... In recent years, there has been a problem with immigration in the United States, which is a major topic our President Donald Trump has been talking about. This has led to an increase in deportation and migrant detention centers that are separating children from their parents near the U.S.-Mexican border. This can cause a child to be psychologically affected because of their they are forced away from their parents. In order to understand, we need to know what is happening in these facilities. These facilities are overcrowded and unsanitary. Migrants have been stripped away from their basic human rights and basic necessities. According to what is happening to migrant detention, according to what is happening at migrant detention centers, here's what we know by Madeline Jung. During the Trump administration, 24, including Seven children have died in U.S. custody. This has come to show the bad conditions in the facilities. In the article, Migrant Health Crisis, Swirls, and ICE Detention Facilities, ICE Struggles to Handle Migrants with Serious Mental Illnesses by Ram Shyam states that only 21 of the 230 ICE detention facilities offer any kind of in-person mental health services from agency medical staff, according to 2016 Agency Oversight Report, and also pointed out that one estimates that one estimates puts the number of detainees with mental illness between 3,000 and 6,000. Some advocates and lawyers who work in the migrants, who work with the migrants and the facilities, say it's probably more. Many of the migrants with mental illness are not stable enough to participate in their own legal proceedings, so they languish in detention. This implies that ICE is not noticing the mental crisis. Also in the article, lengthy detentions of migrant children may increase lasting trauma, says researchers by Charge states as a study found that 34% of the children in detention has has been diagnosed with mental health disorders, and nearly 85% of the children and parents said that their mental health was affected by detention with sadness and constant crying as their most common symptoms, showing that the children and adults can be affected in these detention centers. Migrant children just came to the United States to seek a better life. They are leaving their homes because of increased violence and corruption in their homeland. How children are being affected psychologically when in migrant detention centers near the U.S. slash Mexico border is not being discussed in mainstream media. Due to the Due to President Trump, there has been a lot of negative accusations about immigrants, specifically targeting Latinos, making a lot of negativity towards immigrants. So what is being discussed in mainstream media is the negatives of having immigrants in the United States. For example, President Trump has made remarks that all immigrants are criminals. This is creating bias in other perspectives on immigrants when in reality all immigrants are not criminals. They are simply people seeking a better life. Testimony of Yasmin Juarez, who is a migrant mom- mother of a 19-year-old daughter who had died weeks after being released from a detention center. Juarez states, My name is Yasmin Juarez. My daughter Maria and I fled from Guatemala last year, seeking asylum in the United States. We made this journey because we feared for our lives in Guatemala. This trip was dangerous, but we made this journey because I, I was more afraid of what happened if we stayed. 
So we came to America where I hoped to build a better and safer life for us. That did not happen. Instead, I watched my baby girl die slowly and painfully a few months before her second birthday. It is painful for me to relieve this experience and remember her suffering, but I am here to do this do this because of the world should know what happened to my Marie. The world should know what is happening to so many babies and children inside the ICE facilities. My bright, beautiful girl is gone, and I hope her story will supply America's government to act so that more children do not die in the hands of neglect and mistreatment. My Marie has always been a happy, healthy baby. She made the journey from Guatemala without any problems. We had crossed the border and made our claim for asylum. She was normal, she was normal giggly because giggly baby she's always been we were immediately held in cbp custody for three or four days in the facility known as la yelera because it is freezing cold at times we were locked in a cage with 20 or more people including children and forced to sleep on a concrete floor four days later we were sent to the ice detention center in daly texas a nurse examined marie who had arrived and found her perfectly healthy at daily's daily we were packed into a room with five other mothers and children at a total of 12 people in our room. I noticed immediately how many sick children there were, and no effort was made to separate the sick from the healthy. One of the mothers with the little boys in the room, who was about Marie's age, had constant cough, runny nose, and still was sleeping at, and sleepy all the time. His mom tried to bring him to the clinic, but she kept being sent back without any care. I found out that the clinic was only open during a certain amount of hours, so I would still have to make the line even if it was supposed to close. They sent you away without being seen and told you to come back another day. Within a week and daily, I started to, it started to happen to Marie. She got sick. First, it was coughing and sneezing. I brought her to the clinic where I waited in line with so many in a large room, like a gymnasium, to get medical care. We were, we were able to see a physician's assistant who examined Marie and, was, and had a respiratory infection. She gave her Tylenol honey and a cough, for her cough and told me to follow up in the next six months but the next day marie was worse she was running a fever over 104 and began to have diarrhea and vomiting as well she wouldn't eat and remember i held her her head felt so hot i was terrified so i brought her back to the clinic and waited again this time a different physician told me she had an ear infection so i gave her antibiotics but I know my baby, and I know something was more serious. I begged them to conduct more exams, but they sent me back to the room to come back if Mary got worse. I tried to come back multiple times. I waited early in the morning when the clinic opened with a dozen other mothers with their six children. Twice have turned away and told me to come back another day. Finally, I managed to get Marie saw in the clinic again. She'd lost two full pounds, almost 8% of her body weight in just 10 days. She was still vomiting and coughing constantly. A third percent of the assistant just gave me Tylenol and Preprazine and told me to come back in a week. Marie did not get better. She was still running a fever nearly a week later and she and when we brought her back to the clinic, she was finally seen by an actual doctor. The doctor gave me Pandialite ibuprofen, Zetric, and Vicks vapor rub. I didn't learn until after she died that she, you aren't supposed to give Vicks vapor rub to kids under two years old because it could cause respiratory problems. I felt hopeful that the day the first time because Marie had seen a real doctor and I left the clinic, this would be the treatment that was made for her to get better. 
It wasn't. Two days later, I went back to the clinic and begged the nurse to examine Marie's lungs because she continued to cough and in nearly two weeks. The nurse said it was, it would make her a referral. My poor baby got sicker and sicker. Over the next couple of days, she was vomiting constantly, running over fever, and wouldn't eat or sleep. Her body was limp and hot. I watched her get more sicker and sicker and became desperate to find by the day to find something to make her better. I finally received and noticed that Marie had an appointment with the doctor at 8 o'clock in the morning. I was relieved, but that appointment had never happened. Instead, at 5 a.m., we were awoken at the gymnasium to process a transfer of detention. We left there for hours. I, I couldn't leave to go. The clinic, after several hours, we were taken to the airport on a flight to New Jersey where my mom lives. On the day we left daily to the flight to Texas to New Jersey, Marie was seen by any medical staff. I found out later in her medical records that from daily, she said that no medical re- restrictions were and were medically cleared. I was terrified by the time we landed in New Jersey. Marie was so sick on the flight she, the, that other passengers said to me that she needed a doctor. My mom and I took Marie to a pediatrician and asked, as soon as we could the next morning, in just a few hours, we brought her later to the emergency room. She struggled to breathe, and she was admitted to an intensive care unit with a viral lung infection. Over the next six weeks, she was transferred into another hospital that specialized in treatment with serious medical conditions. I watched my little girl, three, suffer terrible pain. She was poked and prod with all kinds of needles, underwent constant countless tests and eventually needed a respiratory re- ventilator to help her breathe. She was attached so, to so many wires that I couldn't make the effort. I couldn't comfort her when she cried. All the hard work of the doctors of two different hospitals came too late. My Marie died on May 10, 2018. When I walked out of the hospital, all that was given to me was a piece of piece of paper with Marie's handprint and pink paint. The nurses made it for me the day before as a Mother's Day gift. To conclude, the government should be doing more to help the children and families reunite. Migrants should not be should be supplied with the proper health care because they are humans too. No child should ever be separated from their families because it could cause lifelong trauma. The U.S. should be able to find solutions with Mexico and any other countries in Central and South America to find solutions on how to reduce migration.